0: building an email list is never easy uh, it can take a lot of time and effort and resources and now i'm going to tell you that you really need to be thinking about culling that email list that you already have
1: this is the perfect segue into spam
0: okay. so
1: removing people from your list whoo i'm getting you can't see me but i started i just started to sweat i know it is stressful <laughs> Email, whether you want to admit it or not, I know it's emotional. You put a lot, you know, you're invested in it, right? You have to, you're listening to this podcast, you know, you've probably tried a few things and things just don't feel like clicking. And now this lady uh, with the Seinfeld hat is telling you to remove people from your list. What the heck, lady? It took you two years to do this. Well, if you want to not land in spam, You have to get those people off of your list that are not opening.
0: That's my guest this week, Liz Wilcox, the fresh princess of email. This is actually part two. If you go back to episode 85 is part one, Uh, but this is the second part of our discussion and conversation. And in this, Liz provides even more depth and value as to what you need to be doing when it comes to your email marketing. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand
2: and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. My name is Paul Copkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are, because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Now back to the show. So let's let's uh, let's assume we've written that great piece of uh, piece of content. Subject lines. What are your th- tips and suggestions? Because that's what they're making the decision on whether they're going to even click on it. So they know it's from you. So okay, that's good. But is the subject line enticing enough? Or
1: yeah. Paul, I actually, um, and gasp, I'm going to disagree with the host here. I think, and what I've seen um, is that people actually click because of your name and not the subject line. So if you become that bright spot in someone's inbox, oh my gosh, Paul emailed me. I wonder what he has to say this week, right? You don't even look at the subject line. Think about, especially in your business email or your corporate inbox, you're not really looking at subject lines, are you? You're looking at who sent it. Oh, Liz sent me another email. She always sends emails. I bet she replied all, right? <laughs> uh, the next one, oh gosh, that's the boss. I better open that one right away. Um, you know, the next one, oh, who's this guy? How did he get my email address? I'm going to save that for later, right? We're not looking at the subject lines. We're looking at who sent it right? And if you can become that person, that friend in the inbox, that bright spot, then your subject line, sure, you know, don't just leave it blank. Um, Mm -hmm. But if somebody loved you enough, or if somebody was, you know, that invested uh, in your brand and your business, you could leave it blank. And, you know, those diehards, so to speak, would open it, right? Uh, I know, like, if my mother emailed me, she probably wouldn't even know to put a subject line and it would say no subject and I would still open it, right? Now, if you're like, okay, Liz, but that's great. I'm not the bright spot right now. Of course, yes, subject lines do matter. And what I want you to do is just write them for a friend. If you were writing Paul, giving him this advice, sharing that New York Times article, sharing that new uh, you know, piece of content you wrote or your opinion on X, what would you write to Paul? What would that subject line be? Right. Don't think of your email list as you know this big scary hairy thing. Think of it as just a group of friends that are all interested in the same thing. So write your email first. Don't worry about the subject line. Read it back to yourself. What is the main point? If I was sending this to Paul and Liz, what the heck would the subject be? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then go from there.
2: I like your. I like your. Uh... I, I I tend to agree with you because I I'm thinking of the ones that I the emails I get every week and I think, oh yeah, that's from so and so. You're right, I don't look at the subject line.
1: Right. Ooh. We've rendered him speechless, folks. <laughs> ah! Write it down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so let let's let's, uh, let's talk about um open rates and stats and and things like that. And I I guess that will lead us into that, that lunch and meet conversation around spam. So <laughs>
1: okay do you have a specific question or you just want me to wax poetic here
2: well i know obviously with the latest thing with apple and the privacy law and i'm you know most people are i mean you've mentioned look at your inbox on your phone so most people are looking at email on on the phone um so what are the things that people need to know about Uh, what Apple has done and how that affects and what should we be looking for? You know, what, what is a good, what are the good stats? What, if I'm sending out a hundred emails, what can I realistically expect in terms of how many people are going to read it? How many people are going to open it, click on a link?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, what Paul is talking about, Apple has decided that we as business owners, as email senders um, are invading people's privacy And, you know, they are blocking us. There's an invisible pixel out there every time you send out an email that when somebody opens that pixel, so, you know, in layman's terms, is triggered and shows our email service provider uh, that we have opened the email. And what I love so much about email marketing is that it is consent-based And we can see that if somebody's not opening, then we remove them from the list. They're no longer consenting. But Apple, um, you know, I'm not gonna get on my soapbox anymore. They've said, no, actually uh, that's not true, Liz. We're gonna block uh, this pixel. And we are just going to auto magically open it for all of our users, which in return makes your open rates inflated. So let's say 10% of your email list opens their emails with Apple Mail then that is going to, you know, auto trigger that pixel to tell us that they've opened even if they did not. Um, so that's kind of the, you know, the really high level explanation. So when you look at your open rate right now, you can assume it's anywhere from five, on average, five to 20% inflated. Remember, because that, that little pixel for Apple mail users um, is being triggered, even though it might not actually be. Being triggered, so to speak. Um, so I don't want you to stress too much about that. Not everyone is using Apple Mail. Unless you got all of your leads from, you know, the latest Apple conference, <laughs> chances <laughs> are almost, you know, chances are it's only a very small amount of your audience that uses Apple Mail um, to begin with.
2: So, so, so sorry, uh, just so I can ahead. clarify. So it's only Apple Mail. So it's not if I use an Apple device, but I'm using Gmail. This doesn't happen. Correct. Is that?
1: Paul is correct. So I have okay. an iPhone, I'm holding it up right now. I do not use Apple mail. I didn't even know Apple mail was a thing until the iOS updates. I use Gmail. So if Paul sends me an email, if you sent me an email, I open it in Gmail. Uh, that pixel does actually work. Now, if tomorrow I switch to using Apple Mail, everything is filtered into Apple Mail, um, then that that magic pixel uh, would be just, you know, turned, triggered on always. Does that make yeah. sense?
2: Yeah. And I thought it was the reverse. I assumed they would not allow anything to be opened and you have to kind of opt in to, to open it
1: no it's just it's just when you use because you're using their software um yeah it's it's a whole thing um (laughs) but just know when you look at your open rates that you know they are inflated now that isn't to say that you shouldn't be looking at open rates at all everyone's saying open rates are dead open rates are dead they're not they're still probably the most reliable way that you can tell if your emails are getting open because they are reliably inflated, right? Consistently across the board, they're going to be inflated every single week. So you can still see a pattern. You just know it's not the most accurate number. It's not, if it says 50%, it's not exactly 50%. But if it says that same number week after week, you know, that is reliable. You can rely on that data for being consistent. Now, if there's a sudden spike, that means there probably is a sudden spike. Um, You know, it doesn't have to do with the Apple iOS update. And if there's a spike, you can say, oh, how can I do that again, right? You can look at that data. But as far as um, what what would be good, you know, it depends on if you have a brand new email list and you've got a hundred people on your email list, you know, anything 50% and up would be amazing. And that's taking into consideration the inflation here. Um, You know, if you've been emailing for three years and you have a couple thousand on your list and, you know, your open rate is 30% or lower, then that's probably an indication that, um, you know, you need to clean your list, you know, get all those people that aren't opening off the list um, and, you know, find some better subject lines, learn how to, you know, become the bright spot so you can get that open rate up.
2: Right. That's, um, and people are probably fearful of removing people from a list, but. um...
0: I'm just going to interrupt the show for a second and tell you that the information that Liz provides in this episode is incredible but that's not even part of what she offers in her special programs and uh, memberships and we have a special offer for listeners so if you go to the show notes uh, and check out the offer that we have for Liz's programs now back to the show
1: okay so I this is the perfect segue into spam Okay. So removing people from your list, Whoo, I'm getting, you can't see me, but I started, I just started to sweat. I know it is stressful email, whether you want to admit it or not. I know it's emotional. You put a lot, you know, you're invested in it, right? You have to, you're listening to this podcast. You know, you've probably tried a few things and things just don't feel like clicking and now This lady uh, with the Seinfeld hat is telling you to remove people from your list. What the heck lady, it took you two years to do this. Well, if you want to not land in spam, you have to get those people off of your list that are not opening. And remember the Apple iOS update is inflating this number. So anyone that is marked cold or not open is probably truly not opening, right? These numbers have never been wholly accurate. So, um, you know, don't stress like, sure, you might lose one or two innocent people, so to speak. Um, But that's why we do a cold scrub sequence, which I can talk about in a second. But anyway, think of it like this. I think of, I'm not a technical person, but I think of um, the internet as having these internet gods, right? These are the sp- spiders that are crawling, the algorithms, the all that stuff that only Mark Zuckerberg understands, right? Um, and every time you send out an email, every time you send out a broadcast, those internet gods are looking to see who's opening, who's clicking. Did you go into spam? Um, you know, who is getting on your email list? Who is leaving your email list? They are tracking all of that, right? That's, uh, that's you know, the good, bad, and ugly of the internet. Everything is tracked, right? And so if you have, let's say you have 100 people on your list, um, you know, uh, 20%, you've got a 20% open rate, 20% of people are opening. That means 80% of people are not opening. That means you send out one email. That means 80 of those emails are marked as unimportant and those are getting sent to the internet gods and the internet gods are saying, oh, wow, Paul sent out a hundred emails today and 80 people said, boo, 80 people were (laughs) like, I don't give a damn, right? And so when Liz enters Paul's universe and Liz gets on the email list, Liz is warm. She's really excited to join Paul's email list. But because he just sent an, he's been sending emails for years, and those eighty people for years have been saying, "Boo hiss," I I don't care about this. The internet gods think Liz probably won't care either. We're gonna put Paul in spam, so hmm. Liz never sees Paul's email, and Liz never buys from Paul. The end. Oh, what a really sad, sad story! I know. <laughs> I. It is sad, so that is why you must get those 80 people off of your list. You must identify them. Uh, You can do a cold scrub sequence, which is basically, hey, I noticed you're not opening my email list. Do you want to stay on? Uh, You know, a couple emails like that. Um, You can email me later if you wanna see examples. I won't waste too much time on that. but basically, you know, making sure they really aren't opening your emails and then getting them out of there. Now, if that seems really really like extremely um, we'll say uncomfortable, before you delete them from your email service provider, you can download that CSV and save those emails. You just don't want to be, you know, emailing them over and over sending those signals to the internet gods again and again, that you don't matter in the inbox. That is the exact opposite of what you want, you want to matter in the inbox, right? I hope that makes sense.
2: And is there a a recommended period of time uh, for if they haven't opened in the last six months, that that's kind of the the cutoff thing? Yeah,
1: different industries do different, we'll call them like a look back window, right? you know, if, if you're a very large retailer, you might have a look back window of one to two years. But if you're like me and Paul, you know, uh, where we're just trying to figure this thing out online, right. And, you know, make a decent living. Um, I would suggest, and your email su- service provider should identify these um, automatically for you. You should be able to find it somewhere. Uh, usually every ESP, it's 30 to 90 days. I think I do about 30 days, but because I am very consistent, I put my offers out there right away. If you haven't engaged in 30 days, you're not going to, I don't want you to be signaling, you know, calling up, uh, you know, Zeus of the internet every single week saying, hey, Liz is. Liz does not matter to me, so I just get you off the list pretty quickly. Um, but some people, you know, it, it is anxiety-inducing. I recommend at least um, ninety days. If somebody hasn't interacted with you in ninety days, chances are really low that they care, and so you know you can scrub them.
2: Okay, I'm I'm doing a cold scrub after this call. So. Oh I've man,
1: def- that brings me so much joy. <laughs>
2: What, what other things should uh, the real estate investor be thinking about? If, you know, maybe uh, maybe they have got a list or maybe they're thinking of starting a list. What are the first few things that you would recommend they do?
1: Yeah. So in general, and we've we've kind of skimmed this a little bit, is, you know, don't be afraid to show a little personality. And it's very simple to do. You can add pictures to emails. And again, if you are becoming that bright spot in people's um, inbox, it doesn't matter if you put a picture every now and again. You don't wanna put 10 pictures. You don't wanna attach a file or something, but one picture is not gonna end land you in spam. Those cold subscribers we just talked about are much more likely to do that. Um, in fact, when you put in a picture, you insert a little bit of personality um, with an image or something something. something that's actually going to make people open the next email oh I love that picture what's Paul sharing next or this week right um so that's actually going to increase likelihood um yeah, so not being afraid to inject a little bit of personality sharing. GIFs is another way. Um, I have my own personal GIFs, G-I-F, some people call them GIFs, uh, but it's it's hard to decipher on a podcast if she's, what did, what did she just say? But I know you heard me when I said GIF, and I know you thought, wow, that's not how you pronounce it, Liz. Um, anyway, <laughs> Having your own GIFs is a great way of showing your face um, and showing a little bit uh, behind the scenes. You don't even have to have like a GIF of yourself waving or being silly like you see online. You can even have GIFs of your sales page or um, say, you know, you want people to invest in this new development uh, down near Disney World or something. You can share a GIF of several pictures within the email to get them to click over to look at what the heck it is you're talking about. That's going to really pique their interest. I think that's a great way for investors to uh, utilize the magic of the GIF, to utilize the magic of the internet. Um and then the last thing is just have a really solid welcome sequence. When someone lands on your page, opts into your email, remember they just consented to hear from you. Email is a very market. Uh, it's it's like an e-commerce channel, right? People know they're they're going to get marketed to in email, right? Go to your list right now. See how many uh, sales emails you have just before you even have to start scrolling. Chances are you have at least one uh, from Etsy or, you know, the NFL or something, right? Um, And so they know that you're going to market to them. So in that welcome sequence, showing a little bit of that personality, like I just talked about, uh, sharing your vision for them. For me, my vision is, hey, you know, I want you to make money with email. Hands down, if you were graduating from Liz Wilcox University, that's what the heck your degree would be in. So think about what your vision is and share it with them right off the bat. Hey, thanks for joining my list. I want you to be able to do X, Y, Z, um, you know, now that you're in my universe, right? Like like I'm gonna send out emails that help you get there. And then, um, Share a little bit of your values, and this isn't share your politics, and you know, put a, put up uh, you know a sign on who you voted for or anything. But I think I mentioned this a little earlier. We're living in this very personal market right now, where um, you know it allows the little guy, it allows people like us, small business owners, to really thrive. Um, and part of that is sharing our value system. Why did you get into real estate investing? Uh, one of my values. And one of the reasons I'm in email marketing is affordability. A lot of my products are really affordable. When I started out, um, I really didn't have any money to invest in my business. And I felt gatekept. I felt left behind, so to speak. So most of my products nowadays are really affordable. Um, I know Paul's a member of my email marketing membership. It's nine bucks a month, right? And so you know that right off the bat, and so what is it, like, why did you get into real estate investing? Why do you want to help people, um, you know, invest? Why do you have this email list? There's got to be some value set behind it. Oh, you know, when I figured it out, I wanted other people to figure it out. Or, um, you know, I want to connect people who are ready to get to X level. That really excites me. Um, you know, even if one of your values is, I just love making money, you know, join me, Right that's gonna that's gonna attract the right people and just sharing that in the welcome sequence, say, you know, hey, this is for people who are serious about making money or serious about getting to the next level of real estate, serious about uh, you know, buying and selling homes, flipping where your thing is. Um, sharing that right off the bat is going to attract those right people. Oh gosh, yeah, I love making money too. I can't wait to hear what he has to say next, right? Or if there's somebody that's like, oh, all he cares about is money, I'm out of here. They unsubscribe, that's great because they're not gonna be signaling over and over to the internet gods that they don't care. They just left right away.
0: Okay, wonderful, great tips. Following on is a repeat of the questions that I like to ask guests at the end of the show, but you can also get Liz's contact details right at the end.
2: Uh, a couple of questions I like to ask guests uh, before we wrap up and you can let people know how to find out more about what you do. Uh, do you have a favorite uh, personal brand uh, who who inspires you or that you enjoy looking at following?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, this, and this is um... – this will be very, it's one of those things like you, you're either going to be like, wow, I really like this girl or oh, what is, the hell is she talking about? <laughs> I actually am really inspired by Marshall Mathers, AKA Eminem, AKA Slim Shady, the rap, the white guy, the white guy that raps way back in the day. And I'm really inspired by him because of his personal brand. So I just mentioned three of his names and he actually, if you follow his career over the last 35 years, he clearly very clearly plays three different characters and they're all different but they all you know encompass one brand and what he's been able to do especially as a uh white person in a um we'll just say black market right um he's been able to you know do things his way find his own niche his own customers there's a line in one of his songs where he says I'm something like, I'm doing this for the kids that X, Y, Z, like, I don't care about anyone else. And just to be bold enough to say that, to say like, hey, this is who I'm in the market for. And, you know, if you don't like it, that's fine. I'm not for you. I think, um, you know, it's something we could all learn from, right? It's like, oh, gosh, I want to sell to everybody. But, you know, when you talk to everyone, no one listens, right? So... That and on top of because he's been in the game for so long, I could talk about this all day, uh, because he's been in the game for so long, he's actually breaking an incredible amount of records. Uh, Just in 2022, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, He I believe he has or he is about to crack the top 10 best-selling artists of all time in the entire world. Uh, He's probably coming for Elvis. Um, but it's because he won't stop creating content he has something like almost 20 albums at the time of this recording he just released his second uh you know compilation album of greatest hits. Uh, that's crap the top 10 selling of you know of this month or whatever and because he's he won't give up right he keeps creating content he keeps pushing it out there he keeps evolving for the current times right the music he made, 35 years ago is not what he's making now, but staying true to those characters he plays and who he is. Um, You know, he's like number one artist streamed on Spotify from the 90s. He's top three streamed on Spotify of all time. Um, And he just almost every day I follow something because I find it so fascinating. Music aside. he breaks a a music record almost every single day now because he's just won't stop creating. And I think it's really inspirational from a business point of view um, to the fact that, and I'm sure we've all seen this. If you've been in business for over a year or more uh, you know, it's very easy to pick up on a lot of people start, but not everybody keeps going. And we know the person that just keeps going gets to the top, becomes the CEO, becomes the developer of that county, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's just the guy that keeps pushing, keeps setting up the calls, keeps emailing, keeps building that list, keeps, you know, making those connections, keeps doing the deals uh, that gets to the top. And that's why uh, as a personal brand, um, Eminem, as wild as that sounds really inspires me.
2: <laughs> I didn't know that much about him. That's amazing. Uh...
1: Yeah. It's a very interesting, he's a very interesting character and from a personal band brand and business perspective, Whoa, the marketing team behind him, um, plus, you know, probably just his drive to keep creating is really inspirational.
2: Hmm. Wonderful. Uh, do you have a favorite business book or podcast?
1: Um, that's a little harder to answer. I follow a really low information diet. So I don't consume, I I try to create more than I consume. But one of the greatest books I read, it was, I think it was the first business book I ever read was called, um, real artists don't starve by Jeff Goins rhymes with coins. Hmm. Um, and it's all about how you can make money in this digital age and how, uh, you know, even if you identify as a creative person, how you can take whatever it is uh, that you create and sell it in the digital market, and how, uh, and the whole underlying theme throughout is how, I think it was Michelangelo, you know, a lot of people probably think he was starving, but he was actually a very wealthy man, and how, you know, artists, business owners, creatives, um, you know, we don't have to starve. We can actually thrive in this digital age.
2: Right. Nice. And uh, are you, do you have a new tool or resource that you're enjoying using at the moment?
1: Yeah. So you can't see me, but Paul can, I actually, we're in zoom right now and I have a border and I have my name and my logo on the screen. I use something called Ecamm live. It's actually a live streaming um software for Macs, um, but I use it as a virtual camera. It has a virtual camera feature. So if you do a lot of uh, trainings, if you meet, if you do a lot of networking online, it really makes you stand out. Maybe in the show notes, we can have like a screenshot of what I'm talking about. Um, But even I do a lot of live trainings. And when Paul was talking about open rates and things, I could actually, if we were live and you could see me, I can actually flip through scenes and on my screen, I would be talking about open rates, different, um, you know, different metrics you would want to talk about. um, And it allows you to basically be inside your presentation, to be inside your slides, and you can switch throughout them um, and just have (laughs) a lot of fun. And it takes you from, it takes you from just this guy, you know, on Facebook Live or on YouTube, or even in a Zoom room to, oh my gosh, who is this person? I want to get to know them. It, uh, you know, it, it just, uh, it's the virtual definition of going the extra mile uh, with mm-hmm. online networking.
2: Slightly better than those terrible background palm trees. that Yes,
1: <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> can't see me, but it's not a virtual background. It's basically right. you create some slides and you can put yourself in them and it just looks really, really awesome especially if I'm doing one-on-one calls and someone asks me, oh, what do you think about subject lines? I can pull up the slides that I have on subject lines and suddenly they're like, wow, this lady's really prepared when in reality, um, I just woke up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for your honesty on that. And Do you have a a favorite quote?
1: A favorite quote? Uh, Yeah, it's kind of a little bit of a story. Another person that I uh really follow their personal brand and it's really sad that he slapped someone this year is will smith i'm a huge fan he's one of my childhood heroes i actually have him right here on my mug um (laughs) i have eminem and uh will smith on my mug um i told you i'm 90s themed here so one of the things he talks about was like oh how were you able to accomplish so much like you were the number one movie star in the world or whatever and he said uh When I was a kid, and this is a longer quote, but it's an excellent story. You should YouTube it later. Um, My dad owned a building and he knocked down one of the walls and he told me and my brother to rebuild it. And, you know, we were kids and we're like, this is impossible. You cannot build a wall. And his dad came up and he said, look, you know, look, son, you don't build a wall. You just lay one brick as perfectly as a brick can be laid. And soon you'll have a wall. And isn't that so true, Paul? You know, you don't just invest in real estate. You don't just build an email list. You don't just, you know, make your first million, right? You just do that one thing. You lay that one brick as perfectly as you can. And one day you'll look around and you're like, oh, holy crap, I did it, you know? And he says, he says, that's how I was able to do everything. Everyone was trying to build a wall, but I'm just trying to lay one brick and that's all that I focus on. And then, you know, and now look at where I am.
2: Wow. I love that. That's a great story. Excellent. So how can people find out, (laughs) (laughs) how can people find out more about you? How can they get your bright spot? into their inbox.
1: Yeah. Oh, thanks so much for asking. (laughs) So of course I'm an email marketer. I would love to have you on my email list. You can go to lizwilcox.com. in the top right-hand corner. You're going to see a hot pink button. You can't miss it. Uh, When you hit that hot pink button, you're going to get three things all for free. So remember I told you about, uh, you know, you need a proper welcome sequence, one that shows off your personality, vision and values. Well, you're gonna get that already written for you. Plus you're gonna get three newsletter examples. So you can see what I mean by a 20 minute newsletter example, like how the heck am I gonna write it in 20 minutes? It takes me seven days uh, to even get started. So you'll get three newsletter examples, one to show you how to get people to click, one to show you how to get people to reply to you, and one to show you how to make a sale in a newsletter. And if that's not enough, I know I said this wasn't the most important thing, uh, but I also give you 52 subject lines that have all garnered me a 40% open rate or higher pre-Apple iOS update, by the way. And you're gonna get those for free because writing from scratch uh, really, really sucks. LizWilcox.com, hot pink button. You can't miss
2: it. Wonderful. Thank you for that. We'll make sure that's in the the show notes as well. And Liz, thank you for today. It's been really enlightening, great information. Uh, And I think you've inspired people to probably give it a try if they haven't or to to up their game if they're already sending out out emails. So thank you for that and have yourself a brandtastic day.
1: Yeah, awesome. I can't wait to see what you do with email.
0: Thank you. If you enjoyed that episode of the Personally Brandtastic podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you went along to Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. And if you don't already follow and subscribe, I'd love it if you join us. Catch you next time on the Personally Brandtastic podcast.